0: Welcome to episode 19 of the Off-Kilter podcast. Empowering yourself with the beautiful Jess Bucer. Jess Bucer's energy is infectious. Uh, We did this podcast and she's sitting on the floor in this bright orange top drinking a green juice uh, and she's 27 weeks pregnant and she just finished a morning of P.T., Uh, but her energy was high. It was infectious. Uh, Just looking at her uh, made me smile. Uh, We had such a beautiful conversation. Jess is a coach in both the physical space and the emotional space. And she's been a trainer for 10 years. And recently she became an emotional well-being coach. So in today's episode, Jess and I talk about her story and how she struggled with confidence and self-belief as a child, and how sports and weightlifting helped her cultivate trust and belief in herself. Uh, We speak about how she learnt uh, that her natural ability could only take her so far, and that she had to cultivate hard work, focus, uh, attention, concentration, and effort, Uh, We talk about the importance of knowing your why, the power of language, and why having a team of people to help you achieve your goals is of great value. I am super excited to share this one with you, so enjoy. This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Go. We'll do the podcast and then we can chat for a bit. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. That's amazing. I'm going to keep that bit in. Yeah. I always like to start my podcast with like just laughter. I think it's really yeah. beautiful. Um, so welcome to episode 19 of the Off-Kilter podcast. I'm with Jess Buser and mm-hmm. We've never met. Uh, We are e-meeting for the first time right now, and Jess is in Newcastle, and I am up near Byron Bay with my family. Uh, And I'm so grateful for you allowing me to dive into your story and your day. Uh, So thank you for being here, Jess.
1: No, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's really exciting and I'm very grateful.
0: Yeah, so we were just talking about um, how Jess uh, had loads of questions before we started, but they weren't about the podcast. They were just about me. (laughs) (laughs) But this is all about Jess today. (laughs) So um, as you know, this podcast is for females to share their stories. Uh, And so I invited Jess on today uh, because I've been following her for a while and I know her partner, Jacob. And he said, you need to connect with Jess.
1: Uh, <laughs> He's such a good gem.
0: <laughs> he is such a good gem. Um, yeah, he said that you, you two would have such powerful conversations. Uh, you have powerful uh, stories. And so I am so excited for you to share your story. So the name, uh, kind of how we roll at the start is just with your story. And then I like to make it up as we go. And so you can start. Just by telling people I guess what you do now, and then we can go back in in time,
1: that sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, I definitely would agree with Jacob. He knows me so well, I love him so much that yeah, you meet certain people and you just know that you would have a great conversation with them, and it's awesome that you're providing me the space to share my philosophies and my messages and yeah, I guess like right now where I'm at in my life, I'm currently 27 weeks pregnant, which has really been a beautiful journey. I'm just like absolutely amazed by what my body can do. I already had a gratitude and like an appreciation for my body previous to being pregnant, but I think I feel a lot more in tune with it now because I know that there's like a life growing inside of there, which is absolutely mm. insane. Um, But at the moment, my current roles that I play in life is emotional um, well-being coach, which is absolutely uh, rewarding and it teaches me so much about myself, even though I'm helping to guide other people. It's like I see a little part of me in each single person. It's like I'm talking to myself about what I need, even though it's there for them to get what they need. So I do that and then I'm also doing personal training and I've been a trainer for like I think it's like 10 years now, going on 10 years. And I originally started out in the fitness industry from a young age, I so just played sport from like 12 or so onwards. But I think I've, I've really explored that physical element and now I'm moving more into the mental, emotional awareness space. And really i found such a, what's the word, like a transfer between the both into both industries, even though they're completely separate. Um, so like, if I think about PT, I'll, I'll go down that road first and then link it back to yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah, growing up, um, playing sports, as a teenager, I always had quite low self-esteem. Um, I don't think I was aware of it at the time, but I was naturally introverted. Playing sports really pushed me out of my comfort zone. I think if my mum had not pushed me into playing some sort of social team sport, I would be I wouldn't be having this conversation with (laughs) you right now. (laughs) I love my own company. I love just being on my own. Like I was that kid at like preschool or whatever. It's like on their own in the back playing with plants or whatever. Like, so I really, really love that socializing and that sporting aspect really pushed me out of my comfort zone. But it did also expose just how much of a low self-esteem I had. So I had very limiting beliefs about myself. I didn't believe I could do the things that I wanted to do, although I was so gifted physically, naturally, like I was quite athletic, could play sports really easy, pick things up, climb trees, do all that amazing stuff. I don't think I realized how amazing that kind of thing actually was because I had such low confidence in myself. And so I started off working my way into the fitness industry after that. Um, Because my mom was like, oh, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, what a great question. I have no idea. (laughs) Let's just try the fitness industry because I'm doing sport. And um, anyway, I got into netball, was really, really good. And there was a point of where my natural ability only took me so far. Then it was about what I can reflect upon now, from what I know now, it was about putting in the extra work. It was overcoming um, adversity, the challenges, um, the limiting beliefs, the pain. But I receded and I often ran away from that. And so I kind of hit a brick wall in my mental side where it was just reinforcing that I couldn't do the things that I thought I could never do. So I reckon probably from 14 or 15, that's when I really started probably reinforcing bad mindset patterns for myself and then becoming a PT, training, being in that kind of industry where it's very easy to rely on your looks and what your body looks like. Then it was kind of like a really not a super supportive um, mental environment to be in. But if you ask anyone, like any one of my friends or people that I've grown up around, they're like, oh, Jess is so positive. Like she's so confident, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I would say now, like I am, I can genuinely say that now, but back then um, it was definitely more fake it till you make it. Like, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna make out like I'm super confident and I'm really not. (laughs) Which you can only do for so long. (laughs) It gets you to certain places. so like having all that going on, I was a lot of the time placing my self-worth in external validation because I didn't believe that within myself. And um, there was a point of where I got really great at weightlifting and like getting into limpet lifting and stuff like that with Jacob and Nathan. And that was like so much fun. And the same pattern came up again as it did in netball. So natural talent taking me so far. But then when I come to the point where I needed to put the work in, that's when I ran away. It was like, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm terrible. Like, I'll never be good enough. And that kind of mindset pattern will repeat itself, uh, which is really uh, empowering now to be able to look back and see that that's what was going on. And I'm very thankful for for Jacob because he's like the master of like resilience and like just grinding through really shitty (laughs) times, just doing all the hard work. (laughs) So I feel like he compliments me in that way. He helps me grow in that way, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of um, placing my self-worth and external validation, which is not healthy as we know, because no one can tell you how good you are except for yourself. Like you'll never be able to believe that you're awesome unless you genuinely believe it about yourself, regardless if your best friend or your mom or your partner tells you that you're great. If you don't believe it on the inside, it just bubbles and manifests. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, this pattern's obviously reoccurring. How the hell do I overcome this? So I look back on those experiences and I'm super grateful for that because it led me to that more emotional awareness and that mental space. Okay, great. I can appreciate that I've got all these physical skills, but I'm not matching it with the mental and emotional skills because really both go hand in hand. You cannot really have one without the other. So I think there's like a quote or saying it's like um, the mind will follow the body and the body will follow the mind or something to that um, effect. And so, yeah, that led me into the emotional space and I was really trying to understand where limiting beliefs were coming from, um, you know, how young they start. And I like loved looking into like Bruce Lipton. Um, and he talks about like, um, like epi, I can't say the word epigenetics or something like that, I think, yeah. but he has this thing, he, he shares in his book of, I think it's like the biology of belief and it's like as, as early as the second or third trimester, your mindset can start to be influenced and conditioned because you're learning to respond to sounds from within inside the womb. So whatever happens around the mother at that time is actually already starting to condition your psychology and you're not even on the outside earth yet. Wow. Then in seven, um, you're like in a state of, I think he calls it theta where you're mixing reality with imagination. So you're not quite, you know, a kid might look at a tree and call it a pen because it doesn't know any different (laughs) until somebody says to you, Oh, no, Timmy, that's, a, that's actually a tree, not a pen. And then that's when you go, okay, cool. That person told me that this is what this is. Therefore, it must be true. So I'll continue to believe that um, yeah. for as long as they believe that, right?
0: <laughs> um, Can yeah. you remember a time when you were younger? Did something happen that impacted like your confidence, your self-esteem, your ability to believe in yourself?
1: Um, definitely, definitely. There would have been lots of times, but the biggest one, and I'll probably start crying.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and just, uh, I'll ask permission. If you don't want to share it, you, you don't have to share. Um, but if you're open to sharing, you definitely can, or you can tell us just about maybe another time. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely love to share it because at the moment being like in the emotional space and in industry, vulnerability is one of my biggest values so if i can like lean into that i look at that as such bravery and such strength so i'm like okay i'm just going to really lean into that and i'm just going to share even though i've done so much work with it but um <clears throat> my dad passed away when i was young so like seven years old yeah but when you think about that and you, and i've learned all that i've learned it's like we're both born, well, all humans are born with two um, fears. Um, so like fear of abandonment and rejection. And I think the other one is falling from heights. So from a <laughs> young age, a <laughs> so yeah. young age, lost my dad, who was a really strong figure. I don't really have a lot of memories um, from him, but my mum was so awesome and just like always reinforced to me that he loved me and that he was awesome. He was a great dad to me, etc., cetera, et cetera. So I lost him when I was younger. So I think there's still a lot of abandonment stuff there, which I think contributes to where my low self-esteem and confidence come from. It's like, okay, well, that person's left me. So am I just not good enough? So I think from there, and that probably happens with everybody, even if it's your mum, regardless if it's like a father figure or such, like a, a masculine male energy. So I think from them not really having any... Um, awareness that true awareness of that's that's not actually the truth he's not leaving you because you're not good enough he left the world because that's just how the cards played out for him due to the circumstances so i think from then pretty much is probably what would come to my instincts of the first time of thinking that's probably where my low self-esteem and confidence or lack of confidence come from my mum is awesome she's so good she's a bit of a rebel wild free spirit (laughs) she was like the total opposite of me (laughs) which I look at now like she'd like you know move up and all around the country and stuff and just do whatever the hell she wanted which is awesome confidence obviously but I think I didn't have that um but that's something I've learned to notice more as I've as I've gotten older so that would definitely be um to answer your question originally the first time as an experience for that
0: yeah and it can be a hard question because you know sometimes our thought we don't know we're on that is it a real thought is it an imagination Did, was it subconscious was it conscious mm-hmm. it's like it's quite a hard one to go back to to the birth of it uh, but sometimes you know it can be something that happens that um we don't know until later like we can connect the docs back but um <laughs> yeah, I re- yeah. So I re- cause my single dangerous story was we never do things that we're not good at. And mm-hmm. that was birthed when I was, I think I was, must've been seven and I wanted to do little athletics. And so my parents took me and I wouldn't run, like I wouldn't participate. And then I remember I wasn't allowed to go to a birthday party that afternoon. Wow. And Yeah. So I was raised with this belief of like, you know, you either do it and then you're good at it. Mm. And I don't, we don't do things that we're not good at. So for so long, that was my story. Um, And everything that I did was like, I had to be really good at it or I didn't do it.
1: Yeah. Actually, that's, that's such a good point. Like I can totally relate to that. (laughs) It's funny, hey, because like you look back and you think, oh, well, you know, our parents, or that moment, or whatever—like—is what's been done has been done to the best of the knowledge of the person. In yes, us. although it may not have had the best, uh, healthiest, empowering outcome. <laughs> but I can totally relate to that too. Yeah. It's yeah,
0: like, and it's not even the moment or what actually happens; it's like the story we create around it. Mm. Um, and I understand that now, and it took me a really long time to get there, but. It's the story that we create in our mind around yeah. ourselves, or yeah, so it's the story that's the powerful thing, not <laughs> so much the actual thing that happened. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like that time has come and gone, like it, but yeah, but we're still running that same movie. It's, um, the mind is absolutely amazing. It's, it's, I don't even know. The true depths of psychology and stuff, yet, but just even having yeah. things like that, you think, wow, I can't believe I was buying into that story for like 20 years. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the emotional well being stuff, it was really birthed out of your own story, just your own struggle of, You know, trying something and then getting a certain like point in it, and then your mind or the story that came up was like the blockage. Was that your biggest obstacle?
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I think when it came up more than once, I was like, "Oh, I really need to be paying attention to this because it's happening more than once. It's not life happening to me; it's happening for me. So, what can I do with this? How do I overcome it? How do I move through that?" So, yeah, that definitely transitioned means that more mental uh, and um, emotional awareness space, and so. I was also feeling a little bit down in myself at that time because I had low emotional awareness. So um, I wasn't showing up 100% in the world like I would have a year ago and I didn't just didn't know how the hell to change that. So I was like, oh, I'm not being the best fiance that I can be to Jacob, I'm not being the best PT I can for my clients um, and I'm not being the best person I can for me in my day. Um, how was that showing up? It was naturally i'm more like i'm very open positive like hey how you doing very warm and welcoming and it was just like someone had just blown the fire out like just like completely like i had no light switch on so i've gone from being really bright and light to just having no light it's like someone it's like i just turned my own light down i didn't know how to turn it back up or why i turned it down um which for me i was like oh my god this isn't this isn't who i am so what's happening like what's going on so at that time I was following a few people who were in the more of the coaching space, life coaching space and well-being space. And they were posting some really beautiful inspirational things. And I was like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, like what journey are you on? Like, tell me about life. Like, what are you doing? And one of these ladies is actually a client of new strength that trains with Nathan. Yeah. She was doing one-on-one emotional intelligence training uh, with a company called BU coaching, which is who I work for now, which is really, really cool. So she was telling me about all the amazing work that she was doing with this guy. He's the founder. His name's Declan Edwards. And so I was like, cool, I want to do coaching. I was like, something needs to change. And my pain motivator was so high. I was like, cool, I'm going to invest like three grand into doing this course. And so for about six months, I was doing this emotional intelligence program with Declan, who was my coach, but now is my fellow coach. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, so the, that really skyrocketed from there. And the journey I took over the six months with, with these guys was absolutely, like, it was life-changing for me. Jacob could see the benefits and, like, the empowerment I was getting from it just by me understanding myself better, just knowing how my psychology was working, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, how I was creating my perception that I just wasn't really aware of previous to that, even though I'd classify myself as quite an intuitive and in tune person. Um, yeah, there was just so much in that emotional space I had no idea about. And so I did that for six months and now I get to do that as a second side hustle job and help other people take that same journey. So I think that's where I totally see bits and pieces of me in them, which is so cool, but everybody gets, Something different out of their journey, even though they all start for similar reasons, so that's pretty, pretty awesome to see. But from knowing how the mind works in an emotional way, I could relate that straight back to the physical. Um, and now I'm able to help PT clients way more with their training and their results as opposed, um, just by simply seeing the emotional blocks that they're having. So for them, cool, if you just work on stress or your relationship to the food rather than the food or the relationship to your body rather than your actual training, um, it helps them get better results, which is absolutely amazing and vice versa. Um, So that's pretty, pretty cool. That's kind of how I use that emotional space with that physical space and how understanding myself mentally and emotionally helped me overcome that blockage from that first Um, physical experience back in sport and then again in my training (laughs) yeah this is Um, really cool
0: it's so cool (laughs) um what was so in the six months when you were studying and you were taking this course can you remember like a big learning that came out of it or like a highlight that like just made you like okay all right and then just completely pivot in how you showed up like, you know, as a teacher a coach in your relationship with Jacob?
1: Yeah, there was definitely like a, a lot of things. First yeah. of all, like it was actually realizing just how much skill and talent I naturally had. Um, which is sometimes in the past, past Jess would have been like, Ha, I'm so skillful, I'll just rely on that and not do any work. But now <laughs> present is like, Okay, I know I have to keep growing and building on that. <laughs> don't just be you know (laughs) complacent and happy with that (laughs) um and then um taking personal responsibility um i was severely under responsible for how i was feeling for my behavior for the way that i was thinking um previous to doing this coaching um program and taking responsibility and ownership for your shit is like the biggest (laughs)
0: thing (laughs) i love that (laughs) Responsibility and ownership for your shit. Yes, 100%
1: ownership, people. Like, oh, that.
0: That's a quote. Um, You need to quote, you
1: need to put that in a quote. Oh, because um, it's so, it's empowering. It can be difficult to accept. You know, we all find certain things hard to accept. Acceptance can be difficult, but it's so freeing at the same time. Um, and so if you own your shit, then you can just get on with it and move forward rather than just getting stuck and staying in that same space and just blaming the world and victim me and victim you or whatever. Yeah. So that's definitely one. Um, and then what would be the other one? Um probably the main two i'd say yeah they're yeah. powerful yeah i'd say those two are the, probably the main thing
0: <laughs> yeah um and so i know there's two different areas so you have your um you know the students that you work with like your athletes do you mainly work with females
1: yeah majority of my clients have, have been females over the duration of um pt but most yeah. of my all of my coaching clients sorry, are also all females
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 A lot of feminine energy. So what are some of the really big barriers or obstacles that come up for them?
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like, so like I said before, like one of my biggest values is vulnerability. And I find particularly in coaching, not so much in the PT space, but in the coaching space, vulnerability for all of them is, is scary as hell. It's like, I'm not going to lean into that because that makes me feel painful and it makes me look weak. So vulnerability and just a lack of self-belief, they would be the two most common things that I personally experience with my coaching clients. Yeah. Um, whereas with the PT clients, it's more a, I don't, it's a rejection of self, rejection of body. My body's not good enough. I've got to look this way in order to be great. So two sort of different spaces, yet they still are quite relatable to each other.
0: Yeah. Um, Um, could I ask how, like how you might help navigate them at the start in each of those spaces?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome question. The thing with like coaching and it's similar to PT, um, you've got to have a really good balance or just be good at navigating the balance between love and leadership. Yeah. Big lesson I've learned for myself is that I spend in PT especially, and I've noticed it can happen in, in coaching spend a lot of time in love which is awesome because people need compassion. They need empathy. They need to feel like they're welcomed and they're warm. They can be who they want to be, but then they also need someone to call them out on their shit and help them step up um, and be a leader for them when they're being under responsible. So that's a big lesson that I'm still trying to learn now is when to switch from love and leadership. So with PT, it's very easy to be leadership because you're directing them. It's like, if you do X, Y, Z, and continue to do that, you will see results within four weeks, right? Whereas in coaching, we're not supposed to tell people what to do. Coaching is all about asking questions, being open, being curious, like, oh, that's interesting that you go to the fridge at 11 o'clock at night. Like, what's that about? Instead of being like, this is why you do this, if that makes sense. It's two different. Yeah, you go from being like just a, a spectator and observation Um, to more of a um, director and leader in PT. So for coaching, it's like, just be curious, say to people, okay, well, where does that come from and how does that make you feel and why do you do that? Um, Which has been really cool because I was doing a lot of that in PT but then not being able to step into the leadership when it was needed to say, well, this is why. So go ahead and do this. And if you don't, then you're not getting the results and that's on you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Does that Um, miss the question?
0: Yeah, it does, but yep. they need, they need each other as well. Yeah. Yep. And so often in the, the coaching space is that the, you almost have to do the groundwork, which is like the, um, so like the PT space, which is like the physical coaching space. You almost need to do the groundwork in the other space, the emotional well-being space. All they need to be done alongside each other. Yeah, because so often the number one reason why uh, a woman wants to train is to change her weight, shape, or
1: size. Mm, mm. Yes. And I've been I've
0: been doing it for twelve <laughs> years, and not once <laughs> have I heard a female come to me saying, "I want to feel strong and capable." yeah i want to be able to you know change like my posture and how i show up in the world like just mm-hmm. to feel like you know um yeah that i'm just capable uh, and i think that's such an important word um it's always been a weight shape and size and so then you dig deep underneath that and out comes all this stuff that you find in the coaching space the emotional well-being space which yes. is you know, vulnerability and limiting beliefs around ourselves, confirmation bias about just the, you know, the beliefs that they have around, you know, food and training. Um, yeah. And it's a very, can be a very messy <laughs> complex space to try and navigate them in. And so it's like, they need both.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100% like it's like yin and yang up and down, like one can't survive yeah. one at the other, the one with the body. And yeah, you bring up such a good point there, like a lot of time it's around language too, like specifically in coaching, which I've been able to, to transfer to PTs around the language we use and the labels we have because we all bring certain meanings based off past experiences to the labels. So how you may perceive love and receive love could be totally different to me because I've had a different upbringing of what love actually means. Um, and that's environmentally, environmentally impact and conditioned as well. So like the language, if like, you're always saying, Oh, I just don't want to be fat. If you always say what you don't want, then all you will get is what you don't want. And the key word there that your psychology picks up on is the word fat. So everything it knows to be true about fat, it will find evidence everywhere in your life that it can see to bring forward, to reinforce that language and that belief that you are fat. So like yeah. if, to bring that into coaching sense too, it's not often where a lot of the, my conversations go with these particular coaching clients, but that's something I still try to highlight if I, if I see it. It's like, well, what's the words you're using to reinforce the disempowering beliefs? Yeah. And it can be as simply as just like changing a word, just reframing how you say something that can just change the way you feel, therefore change the way you see and receive um, in return. So that's like, Super powerful, having awareness around the language you use.
0: Yeah, language, very mm-hmm. powerful. So is that one thing that you'll do with people? Like you'll look at the language? What's the length? La- yeah. yeah what, are, what are maybe like two other things that say when you start working with someone and they have a barrier or an obstacle? Um, and it can be around like whatever, anything. What's kind of, what do you have like a little framework that you put in place to help them? Are with it
1: yes I probably do could you reframe that question a little bit for me
0: okay so let's go we'll go in the PT space and let's keep going along this line of say someone comes to you and they have this goal, and it's around weight, shape, or size, and they're using certain language, you know, we'll just like roll with the status quo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to lose weight. I want to lose X kilos. I need to do this. I need to do this. And it's about the body. And so the first thing that you might do, I don't know, you can tell me is like maybe address the language component with them uh, and just get curious about their language. And then teach them some language and why that's powerful what is like a couple of other things that you might do to them as they start this journey with you yeah
1: right i'm with you now that's perfect thank you for getting specific and clear no, that.
0: that's okay it's <laughs> probably a little bit of a messy <laughs> question nah, that's, that's, that's
1: all right. oh good um yes that's that's great like in the pt space yeah like you say people will come in they go oh it's gonna lose 10 kilos so a little technique and you are probably aware of it as as the listeners probably are, is like the five why techniques are getting to um, the real reason they want to lose weight. So besides listening to their language and how I can start to condition them, if you say, throughout our PT sessions together, um, I normally will go through within their first or second um, PT or their time of meeting me and just say, okay, well, why do you want that? And so they say, their, their answer might be like, oh, you know, because I've just been putting weight on. Okay, well, why have you been putting weight on? oh, just because, you know, I've got a new job and put everything on the back burner. Okay, well, why have you been putting it in the back burner? And you just ask why five times. <laughs> yeah. and it's literally, and it and I, never ceases to surprise me every time you get to the fifth why, that's where that pain comes in and that emotional attachment. I haven't been putting myself first. I haven't been making myself a priority because I don't believe I'm a priority in my life. Uh, and nine times out of 10, a lot of it's down to the fact that I don't feel good enough. I don't know who I am anymore. And so from early on in the PT industry, I noticed that that was a really big thing. Like all these people come in with surface level answers. I just want to lose weight or I just want to do this. And it's like, well, is that the real reason? And if you cut through all that bullshit and you just worked from the seed of your issue, don't you reckon that it'd be so much easier to (laughs) overcome all the shit you people come up against in a PT journey? Like. You know, oh, I've got no motivation or I ate bad on the weekend. It's like, I just feel like people could be working smarter instead of harder in the fitness yeah. space. They address their emotional issues. I remember my mum once said to me when we we're watching The Biggest Loser, like when it was like the first or second season that ever came out. Mum like, said to me, like, why do you reckon people have all this weight on them? And I was like, I have no idea. Maybe they just really love food. And she was like, it's because they have emotional trauma. And so if you haven't processed all of your emotional trauma, your physical body, your pain body holds on to that. So when you see people who come in to see you, like, you know, bless their hearts, they do the best they can with what tools that their brain has to work with. We all know that. Um, but yeah, their body is literally like a shield. It's holding onto everything that they have ever experienced that they haven't processed, learned how to let go of, or accept. So, if people come into the studio and I see them like that, I'm like, "Cool, you've got some sort of emotional trauma." Not that I assume that, but I'll use that five Y technique to get to the seed, because if that pain motivation, their why is so powerful, it's going to help them overcome all the challenges that you know people and us face as a result of taking on a journey like that and it's just way more healthier for their mindset which has just reminded me i've trained clients in the past who have lost weight but they still look in the mirror and see that original person they don't see themselves transformed they see themselves as the old person who first started this journey and that to me was so interesting i was like isn't that interesting like what is going on with that what how can someone make such a drastic physical um, transformation yet still see themselves in the mirror as the person they believe they were whether it's you know i don't like you to use words but they might have thought they were fat overweight never good enough no one's ever going to love me they still have all that baggage going on in the back of their psychology even though visually in front of them there's a transformed person yeah. So that too was like a huge push for me to be more explorative in, if that's even a word, to explore that, that area more. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I love that. And I love that you brought up why.
1: Yeah. Why?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and it took me a really long time to get there. Cause my why was always about like, I came from a gymnastics background, a dancing background, a competitive field hockey player. And then, Olympic weightlifting, and mine was always about the outcome, the result, Mm. the performance, like getting to the end. Uh, It was never my why was never I just did this to connect to my body, to feel strong, to feel capable. Like I didn't even have that language. I didn't even understand that. And I think there's like two like little paths here. It's like someone will come to us uh, with a goal, and then to get to their why asking those questions are super important, but sometimes they don't have the language for it. Like yeah. it's never even come up in their life. They don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to explain it, but yeah, that digging deep and just keeping asking why eventually they will explain it in their own, in their own words, but that's probably the first time that they've ever said it out loud as well. Exactly, Um, But I think finding your why is so important. And if I talk about this all the time, if the why is always focused on the physical or the outcome or the result, it's like squishy and stressful. Yeah. And the body knows that it's so clever. Like you were talking about this trauma piece. Like if it's not processed, the state of our nervous system knows. And so it's in constant state of stress. It's the same if we're like focusing on numbers and weight and shape and size we're in a stressful state. Mm. So the body knows this. And so it will show up in many different ways. It could be, you know, you can't lose weight or you might gain more weight. You know, you get injured, you have unhappy hormones. You're, you know, there's so many things and uh, ways that it can show up. But just what I found through working with especially so many women is this, you're a why, like, why do you train? yeah um, why do you move <laughs> yeah is is probably the most important piece Definitely. um so i'll i'm gonna ask you why do you train
1: <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> And I can definitely relate to like before, like looking for the outcome. That was definitely what I can reflect upon in the past and say that's exactly what I was doing instead of appreciating the journey and being happy and grateful for what my body could do that Joe Blow down the street may not be able to do. So (laughs) I think up until the start of this year, I actually became more aware of my why and with all of the emotional work I was doing plus with Jacob and his amazing transformation and getting into APA and with John and stuff and Ruby um my why for why I can train now like genuinely is like because my body can do that and I am capable of doing that so like capable of being that key word as opposed to if you ask me the same question say two years ago you'd be like oh because I just want to rip six back like what kind of surface <laughs> goal is that <laughs> I just want have ads like which is totally cool like you know if yes. that's someone's genuine goal like no disrespect that's amazing like good on you um but for me I can see back then that that was just surface and it was just trying to fill a void that I was avoiding so yeah I can genuinely appreciate my body and I have such a more I guess, better and empowering and healthier relationship with my body to respect the fact that it likes to move, it can move, and that it keeps it healthy. Um, So that's really like my main wise is like to stay healthy, to keep it moving, because it can. um, And it was designed to. um, And particularly now being pregnant is um, a really big motivator as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So when you talk about like being healthy, feeling capable. Like, can you go a little deeper than that? Like, what does that mean for you? Like, why mm. is that even important? Oh,
1: so, that's such a great question.
0: <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah, oh, I like, I like
1: going deep. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Like, what's underneath that, right? Like, that's such a, that's why it's such a beautiful question. Um, so I think just for me, I think in the past, having such low self-esteem and and limiting beliefs, the fact that I'm at a point now where I can appreciate and, and actually see that I am capable of doing what I want to do and putting in the work that I need to put in the work will get me there. I can definitely look at how much I took that for granted previously and not everybody else Um, has that ability to do whatever they want, stand up, go outside, walk around on their own. Not everybody has that ability. So I think, well, I've got that ability and I would just be wasting it and disrespecting my body if I wasn't doing the things that I'm capable of doing. I think for me, it's it's reinforcing the self-esteem. It's reinforcing the empowering beliefs that I am capable of doing it. And it's actually knowing that I have tools, techniques, and actions that actually lead me to keep reinforcing those things. I can still fall back into you know, old old beliefs as we do, buy into old stories, um, but I'm just way more better at pulling myself out of those things now. Um, I had an injury, what are we now, 2019? I had an injury in 2014 slash 2015 where I was playing netball. My heart wasn't 100% in the game. And I was just kind of like going along with it. And I actually ruptured my Achilles, like completely snapped it. Your Achilles meets the bottom of your gastroc or your calf muscle. And that was the first big smack in the face from life that I became aware of. um, Because I couldn't use my leg for like, I don't know, what was it like? At least a year. And then it was about 18 months or so before I could return back to actually physically moving around. So that experience also gave me a bit of a slap in the face to, hey, appreciate what you've got because this is what it's like if you don't have it. <laughs> and it, it, it was a humbling experience. We have this thing in coaching. It's like life will give you three um, punches. So the first one might be like a push, the second one might be a shove, and the third one might be a, like a full-on punch in the face. <laughs> like to say, wake up, like wake up, you're you're not know living your potential or you're not on the right path etc etc however you want to interpret it so having my (laughs) achilles like 100 and not being able to walk around on it not being able to play netball exercise do the things that just came so naturally to me it's probably the first time where i was like wow i like i actually can appreciate my body and should appreciate it more yeah Uh, how
0: did you feel when you couldn't do anything
1: at first, I remember the first moment of snapping my Achilles. As soon as I become aware within the first three seconds when I tried to stand up and I couldn't stand up, I knew instinctively straight away, I've snapped my Achilles. I just 100% knew the physio came over and like, oh, maybe you just twisted your ankle. And I was like, no, bitch, like I've definitely ruptured my Achilles. It's gone. I can't even move my foot. In that moment when I was sitting in the chair, I thought my life is over, Right. Like what, like, what kind of a story is that? My life is over. I can't play sport anymore. Who am I going to be? Like, who am I now? Like, all these things, which just shows you, like, where my identity, like, where I was reinforcing my identity as this person that's a sports person, et cetera, et cetera. And they were the first thoughts I had, which I look back on now and I think, oh, that's just so – I understand why they were the way they were. That's just, you know, very interesting. But that was the first thing I remember thinking was, like, oh, my God, like, I'm not going to be good enough anymore because I can't walk around, which is yeah. pretty disempowering to have.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did that impact your relationship with yourself or any other relationship in your life?
1: With myself. I And I reckon from there, it, and unconsciously that was like a slow decline of where I found myself a year ago being like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? Like <laughs> something needs to change. Like, so I think um, I initially felt super, super low and not being able to get around, because I had such a physical job with PT. Um, I did, however, though, push myself to get my back in a boot as soon as I could get my cast off. And I was, like, hobbling around at work telling people to do burpees and squats and stuff, (laughs) like a Frankenstein monster. I was like, I refuse to not be able to walk. (laughs) So I sort of started picking back up there, which is really, really cool because I, yeah, went from being quite low to optimistic of, like, okay, let's just push through this. I think at the time though, emotionally I was still unaware that I was overcoming a challenge. So I wasn't aware that I was, you know, potentially disproving the beliefs I was buying into. Um, So yeah, that's generally that's, probably mostly how i felt if that answers the question yeah it it
0: definitely does um we can live in this state of like it's permanent Mm, mm. um yeah it's it's permanent i'm going to be like this forever i'm going to feel pain forever i'm not going to be able to do it uh yeah and it's Mm -hmm. and you can't see that as you go through the journey To go from either like pain, like being in pain to pain free or from feeling weak to feeling strong or from whatever the transformation is, you don't kind of see it until like you're you're out the other side. Because I was also like you when I did my back, it was permanent and all it was like, this is how was going to be forever and I'm going to feel weak and broken and it's not till you go through the other side where you're like, okay, it's impermanent like there was a transformation here. It was hard, but these are like the skills and the tools that I like cultivated that I have now. And But it actually took me so many times. Like then I did my knee, I did my rib, like a lot of times for my body to like, send me messages to say, hey, like, this is too much. You need to listen.
1: Yeah.
0: Because um, I just believe humans are slow, learn- like, we're just slow learners.
1: I agree. Or, I agree.
0: like, our belief systems <laughs> and our confirmation bias is so strong that we just don't have a chance until that three, you know, the three things that you said, that push, that shove, and then that <laughs> punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. And then it takes, you're like, okay, all right, I need to listen. Um yeah, now I'm
1: listening. Okay.
0: But I was super. <laughs> I was super lucky. I was surrounded by such, you know, amazing people and I had such an amazing coach that helped me through that shitty year um and it gave me tools to um <laughs> to get out of it but um oh. so thanks for sharing that story because it's it's and it doesn't have to be a, an injury to the body it can be something that come brings an obstacle up that can like reinforce or create a story and then we get stuck in it and we feel like it's impermanent yeah um and then i get i guess like the role as a PT coach or with your emotional well-being stuff is like, okay, so we're here. Yeah, we can provide some education and we can teach you some things, but mostly for like the support, the accountability, the connection. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) which we need when we feel stuck. So did you have someone to help you, to give you tools while you were going through that process?
1: When I did my Achilles, you mean? Yeah. I probably would say like Jacob was my biggest number one supporter. Like Jacob and I have been together for 12 years and we've learned so much about each other. And definitely, (laughs) I definitely can look back and be super grateful for him because he does have such a strong mindset of we're going to work through this. We're going to do the grind that we need to do. Like doesn't matter how long it takes. I think having him in that kind of a mindset really helped influence me and empower me to go, oh, well, well, it is what it is. Like, all I can do is accept that, um, look at what I can do moving forward. So there were still lots of things I could do. He's like, oh, you can just get super backjacked, like you pull-ups. Like. <laughs> Classic <laughs> like, male.
0: Yeah. yeah, Backjacked. Just all upper body. You can just build big biceps. Yeah, big
1: shoulders, awesome arms. So, and, and Jacob's quite, he's quite good at cheering me up. So he's got quite a um, good use of humour. So I think yeah. him being like, oh, well, you just get back jacked. like just do lots of pull-ups, having that kind of like, eh, it, everything's going to be okay. Um, attitude really helped me not to dwell too much and let my mind spiral into something degenerative um he's like don't worry about it we'll just you can still do push-ups you can still do chest presses lat pull down like you're not totally um incapable anymore and i was like oh that's such a good point i guess so you're right
0: <laughs> yeah just a shift in perception we need sometimes we need a push to to change that to change our story to change how we view things which i guess is such a big part of your work uh, as an emotional well-being coach
1: yeah, and I see that even even more evidently now. It's like people, if you only focus on what you're focusing on, everything else around you is blind. So it's like, how can you just shift someone's light from focusing on here and just shine a bit of light over there? And the more that they become aware, the more light they shine, the more things are more visible. So, yeah, like if you only focus on one thing then that's all you're focusing on, unless you have someone on the outside say, oh, but what about over here? Like what's what's going on with that? That's a bit interesting. Or like, well, maybe this is happening the way it is because of X, Y, Z. And then that person's like, oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Maybe that is the way that that is because of X, Y, (laughs) Z.
0: Yeah. That's definitely what say you had someone and they wanted to do something, either like achieve a goal or create a change or go like have a transition or maybe show up better in a relationship or something. What are like a few things that you would... uh tell them to do or like implement in their life that could be helpful. It doesn't have to be super specific because I know everyone that you're working with that, you know, they're on their, they have their own story, their own journey. You use tools and uh, resources for just them. But if you kind of zoom out and so many of us have very similar obstacles, yeah, we have similar stories. We have similar resistance that comes up. What are a few things that you would do with someone to start creating the change?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So the program like I teach as an emotional wellbeing coach is designed to help people set visions at the very beginning. So that over the six months, when we fill in all the gaps in between, they can see how they got to their overall vision. So the first thing is like, the, the best question I love asking is like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <Such> a... <laughs> what if someone says, I don't know? <laughs> oh, well, often they say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But other times people go, oh, well, I want this. And they just maybe hadn't said it out loud. Maybe they hadn't really paid a lot of attention to it. So if you don't know what you want, how the hell are you going to work towards it? Yeah. So like at the very beginning, I'll say we, we work on creating visions. It's like, what's an overall vision? Like what brought you to this particular spot? Let's just say someone wants to come do coaching with me. Well, what brought you to coaching? Get clear on what that is first and then how would that look if you blew it up 10 times into like a huge, like you just blew it up, it's massive, like what does that look like? Just start describing words, like feelings. Um, a lot of our target um, and intention for a lot of our clients is to help people understand how they feel, right? Because a lot of the time nice. we buy our feelings right? So people understand why they do what they do because they're feeling stressed or they're feeling overwhelmed or they're feeling unfulfilled. Then that can be like the little seed that you plant and then it turns into a flower and then you're like, Oh, I know what I want and I just need to do the steps in between now to get there.
0: Yeah. Does
1: that, does that answer the question?
0: Yeah. So we're starting with finding the feeling, finding our why. Yeah, Finding what it looks like out here And then when you go through the coaching process, it's like, well, how do I actually get there? What tools do I need? What support do I need? What obstacle's gonna come up that I have to get over and how do I do that? Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, definitely.
1: I think you saying that back to me actually gives me a bit more clarity. So like often clients come in and they're here, right? Let's just say they're feeling unhappy, they're sad, they're not living up to their potential. So if you highlight the feelings and you highlight that, okay, look, this is where you currently are. This is what you're doing. This is what you're thinking. This is how you're feeling. What's the opposite of that? And they go, oh, yeah, well, I want to feel happy, inspired, motivated, empowered. Okay, cool. What does um, an Amy who's feeling that way, what is she doing in her life? How is she acting? What kind of career might she be pursuing? And then they go, oh, okay, well, she might be doing this. She might be doing this awesome podcast. She might be feeling inspired and fulfilled. Okay, cool. So now you know where you are. Now you know what what you want could look like. What do you need to do now in between? Like what are the steps? That'd be like the foundation of the coaching um, that we do is like helping people know where they are, where they want to be, and then what they need to do in between. So people at home, the awesome listeners could just say to themselves, how am I feeling right now? What is the opposite to that? Um, And then create a vision based off that. If you want to feel more joy, more love, like what does that look like in your life? Like what are you doing? Who are you meeting? Where are you going? Um, What kind of career or job might that be in the form of? Then you've got something to start with. Yeah. From there, And then it's just a matter of finding maybe the right people, resources, um, education, information that helps you build the pathway in between to get there.
0: Yeah. I love that. Everyone needs emotional well-being coach. Everyone (laughs) needs Jess as their coach. (laughs) It's so funny because like we can know, we can know the information. We have so much information. We have an abundance of information, too much information. Yeah. And we know so much, but there's a difference between knowing and doing. Yeah. I'm so interested always in like, why, why aren't you doing Yeah, Yeah. what's in this space between the knowing and the doing? That's like that. What makes me super curious, and I love working in that space. It's because, like, well, if you would have already done it, (laughs) Like, like, why is it still a goal, or why? What is the obstacle or the barrier? And then, like, you know, how can I help? Like, where am I on your team? What do I like? What do I support you with? You know, who else is on your team? Who else supports you? That's what position do they play on your team? What tools <laughs> do we need to give you? Um, yeah, so yeah. I think everyone needs a coach. I think this excuse around, I don't have time or I don't have the money. And like, yeah, they're external obstacles and they can be valid, definitely. But if you dig, and this is why finding the why is so important, because if the why doesn't come in and like, evoke an emotional response from you that you're never gonna you're never gonna get the goal you're never gonna change the behavior because it's not important enough to you whereas like if you evoke that emotional response and you hold on to that about like why am I doing this (laughs) you'll be out you'll always find a way yeah you'll, you'll put people on your team you'll find a way to overcome the obstacle or the barrier you'll get the skills and knowledge that you need to achieve it because it's so important, I, we find time to do things that we want to do. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. So I think the work that you do is like it is so
1: important. That's a bit beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, and I, I totally agree. I and and it is definitely still, um, you know, a, a there's space for that in that masculine, more logical male area. Um, however, it's it's because of my personal experience, I work a lot with feminine and with females. So I've seen such an empowering transformation in people who understand their emotional well being way more. And again, transferring that into PT, they can get their results in a much healthier way that propels them forward rather than taking two steps forward and five steps back. Um, you know, and I
0: think that's beautiful and that's important because what i'm not saying that we can't set goals and we can't you know achieve a skill and we can't change our body composition if like that's something that we need to maybe do for our health or Mm. maybe to feel you know more confident or to feel stronger like i'm not saying that we can't Get the result or achieve the goal, and have the masculine part—that you know, hard directional work. Yeah. But like, we we have all of that, and we have no feminine energy. We have no of the other side of it. Um, and so they're both important, and we can definitely, you know, get great shit done and achieve things <laughs> and like do all that stuff. But you know, we can't continue to do that if we don't have the other side, your other side of your work that you're
1: doing exactly yeah and again that balance of just having that feminine and masculine like both play a role and it's just knowing of when you're supposed to be leaning into one as opposed to the other and how to leverage them both together to move forward yeah in a space like fitness because it is so masculine like we're working out and we're going hard and pushing our body to new limits which is amazing um, that's a very masculine space it's like cool how can you bring a bit of feminine energy to that to sort of level it out so that you're not always um pushing and hustling it's like cool but whether that's being gentle with yourself and compassionate with yourself whether it's slowing down and resting and just exploring your emotional side a bit more and how that's influencing your results and etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: <laughs> yeah and it's uncomfortable and i think we need to just create conversation around that to do that and to dive in and Feel things and think things. Like I have so many people where I, you know, I want them to have this, you know, like this space where they create, where they just allow and receive, like whatever's coming in. They don't try and control, but they're so afraid, and we lean so far away from that because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. We don't yeah. want to feel those feelings. We don't want to think those things, um, which. Uh, <laughs>
1: you just have to <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah exactly right you just have to like they, they all have a part and and one thing with again on um you know the emotional side is as a coach in this particular space with emotional well-being we teach people to just see their thoughts and their feelings and their actions as just what they are That neither of them are good or bad that all emotions are just feedback it's just signals and signs from your body saying hey this is how i'm feeling today because we did this and so rather than saying like, oh, that's bad, or I feel guilty, or I shouldn't be thinking those thoughts, or it's bad to have negative self-talk, et cetera, et cetera. If you can just remove yourself and attach yourself and just look at that as in that just is what it is, again, because it's that meaning we bring to it, therefore it changes how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> how much more empowering is that if you have that, that higher level of awareness or that meta awareness, as some say, to just see like, oh, that's interesting that I do that. That's not good or bad. It just is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool they um when I was doing work in eating disorders when I was a dietitian, they have acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's exactly like that. It's just being aware of the thought that comes into your mind and saying, Thanks, mind, that's super interesting. Yeah. But you know, actually I'm just gonna continue to go. Oh, yeah, just coming from this place of curiosity. Yeah, um, cool. But you there's an awareness piece, so you're not trying to push it you actually think, okay, I'm aware, I can see you, I can hear you, thanks, but yeah, I choose to do something different, or yeah, I think that's so powerful. What I've gotten away from today is um, both sides are important, so the physical space, because that's a lever that we can connect to ourselves, and we can learn a lot of stuff about ourselves, but then the emotional well-being space, where we need to kind of deal with the shit that's going on in our head that blocks us (laughs) from doing a lot of the stuff in our life. Both of them are important. When we're looking at the emotional well-being space, we're looking at where am I now? Kind of what are the thoughts that are stopping me? What's stopping me? Why am I stuck? Where do I want to go? And how do I want to feel? So the feeling Mm -hmm. uh, and then helping, uh, getting some help with the stuff in between. Yeah. whether that's like putting some certain people on my team or getting a coach so I can get where I want to go. Yeah. Um,
1: Let me just and, stop you there. Sorry yeah. That up, Cause that's such, that's just reminding me, don't be afraid to ask for help. Right. Yeah. We, we live in a very, and I know it comes from past conditioning and generations, but we can be so, um, afraid to ask for help in in that it might make us look weak or whatever beliefs and meaning we're bringing to that. But if there's anyone listening to this that takes away anything is, just don't be afraid to ask for help. Like if you genuinely need help and there is someone who could take some of that workload off of you um, and you know that's going to have a more empowering outcome, that's not weak. It's actually quite strong to say, hey, can you help brother out? Like <laughs> I'm really sorry Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it took me a while to get there, but I ask for help all the time now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me too. I'm, like, no, I'm independent. I can do the shit on my own, but no, no I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, <you> know. <laughs> help
0: me, please help me. Yes, yeah. And then the last part you were just talking about is coming from this place of curiosity. So mm-hmm. just curious about what's going on in the mind. Um, I really like that
1: piece. That's, yeah, that's really cool, and that's something I haven't always like. L- like, I guess, lent into. That's something I've definitely learned as a result of being a coach, is just to lean into curiosity and interest, and just let go of self judgment, and just be like, "Oh, that's so interesting that I had that thought today," and then be willing yeah. to put that down and move on. If it's, particularly if it's something that's not serving you. But yeah, curiosity, I think, is is we're born with curiosity.
0: You think about all kids. Like why does that happen? The why phase? But why? But why? But why? Yeah. Why? Why, mom? Why? Why? And not to say that this is, it happens like that all the time. I still get stuck. I I still face resistance. My story still comes up all of the time and I still rumble with perfectionism. Sometimes it takes (laughs) me hours to do a project that I, you know, shouldn't. And it (laughs) comes up all the time. But I know who's on my team that I reach out to them and then they support me because they I will, all I have to say is I'm rumbling with perfectionism and like you know and they get it they know and then they're there to support me or yeah so it's not it's not like it's going to go away which is also another another I guess belief it's like yep if I do the work then it's just going to be fine.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And you bring up such a good point there. Actually, I'll share one more thing. before yeah. we start. But it's, um, often what I hear from both PT and coaching is that people have this idea that you do the groundwork and that's it. You don't have to do any more work. It's like, particularly in like, um, like the game of life and the emotional spaces, like even as coaches, myself, yourself, Jacob, we're still working on all those things. It's like, yes, we have this higher level of awareness now, but it doesn't mean we don't suffer or fall back into those same patterns or <laughs> become those same people. It still happens. You just get more better at, at being more aware of it. So, like, for any listeners out there, like, it isn't just about doing... A base foundational program or your education or whatever it's like something that you will still work on for the rest of your life, probably up until you're on your deathbed <laughs>
0: yeah yeah. I, yeah, it's so yeah. true where um yeah, we're always, but you just get more tools and resources and then and that's helpful because you just have more to pull on, yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for creating space to share your story, and then about the amazing work that you're doing.
1: Oh, thank you so much for creating the space for me to share that. It's been yeah.
0: Can you tell people where they can find you? What yeah, just all your dates. Yeah.
1: yeah, awesome. All my dates. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just think because I've never had to really like, answer that question, but um, definitely you can find me on Facebook um, under Jessica Busar. You can find me on Instagram, same name. Um, you can find the BU Coaching website too. I'm one of the coaches on there. Plus, we've got heaps more resources for anyone looking to find more emotional awareness and just tools and stuff free downloads. So it's just bucoaching.org. You can look that up um, anywhere you like. And if you want to find me for PT, I work for a company called WellFit Personal Training, which really I'm not going to be there for the, like for the next like six six or seven months because I'll be pushing out a kid. <laughs> you think, but if that's something, um, or you can also hit me up through the boys at New Strength um, at Bennett's Green. So yeah, so cool too
0: beautiful yeah go and check out her instagram it's so inspiring and light and full of love and it's educational (laughs) and yeah she shines there and i love yeah i love following the journey and the stories and the things that you post um it's
1: impactful
0: and important
1: that's amazing thank you so much you're so welcome
0: (laughs) jess thank you for coming on the podcast
1: anytime anytime thanks for having me
0: If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at AmyKateBow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, AmyKateBow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.